guess we'll find out this morning. <laughs> writing what? What were you writing? I'm writing uh, Xenon Goblins. Goblin Z. So you're writing a zine on goblins, but you're also making a like a a piece about goblins. Yes, the zine is all of the ideas behind the piece. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it was because I basically somehow I got this commission, but like the commissioners said at one point, they were like, "Okay, we've had four meetings with you now, and we're just beginning to understand what the concept is." So. <laughs> <laughs> And so we were like, yeah, what about a zine? And the initial idea was maybe like just a little thing, but then I got a grant from another festival to do it. So it's going to be colourful and great, glossy paper, and it's going to have the photos of the awful journey in it. Sick. Great. Which the they will finally see daylight as well. So. Yeah. And because also in 2016, all of this like goblin energy was something I was trying to explore that because I've been goblin, like goblin forever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I was going to say, you're really having a goblin mo life. <laughs> Even the laugh. <laughs> yeah, I, like the listeners can't hear it, but like, you, like oh yeah, hands to your mouth. And I reread that, um. That, did we did we read that um, the goblin uh, the goblin tweet last time? Oh wait, no the the no the one that we you started just with me. goblin core last. time. We did start well. with goblin core last time, but then now there will be. So I will soon have a zine a zine out about it. So okay, so this is the thing that went. This is the the it's a Reddit post that went viral that which got everyone talking about goblins. Uh, especially just recently. Oh my god. And it reads, I like to creep around my home and act like a goblin. And I don't know why, but I just enjoy doing this. Maybe it's my way of dealing with stress or something, but I just do it about once every week. Generally, I'll carry around a sack and creep around in a sort of crouch walking position making goblin noises. Then I'll walk around, uh, walk around my house and pick up various trinkets and put them <laughs> in my bag while saying stuff like, I'll be having that and laughing maniacally in my goblin voice. Trinkets can, can include anything from shit I find on the ground to cutlery or other utensils. The other day I was talking with my neighbours and they mentioned hearing weird noises like what I wrote about oh, yeah. and I was internally screaming the entire conversation. I'm 99% sure they don't know it's me, but God, that 1% per chance, 1% chance is seriously weighing on my mind. <laughs> For me, the best part of that is not like the neighbours hearing stuff. It's just the, I'll be having that. I'll be having that. Yeah. I mean, that's just what I call cleaning. <laughs> it's so good. Well, no, it's interesting as well because it's also, I've been writing about this. It's, like, it's quite interesting because it's also that like, the there is, I mean, because of course we've been living in a very long time in a landscape animated by uh, trolls. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when okay, if I was to to insult you online in a way that was disingenuous purposely to annoy you. Oh my god. I would be a troll. Yes. Wow. Okay. And now we're all going goblin. Like Does that mean that we're like the the small kin of trolls? What's the relationship between goblins and trolls? Okay. Like basically Trolls pull down their houses and goblins are their genitals. <laughs> so we have become the genitals of people who stir shit online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they basically managed to like just completely interfere with our democracy so much that now we're just bashing against each other in a sort of futile sexual endeavour. Well, not futile. Futile for the goblins, but not so futile for the trolls because they're oh, having yeah. sex. Yeah, the trolls. Yeah, the trolls are literally fucking with us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Bada bing, bada bum, bada boom, baby. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. Also, I think the goblins, there's something about goblin that connects us to, well, it's also, I said it before and I'll say it again, that the, okay, so I was like, there's these videos, like, do you know about Cottage Core? Yeah. That was like when Gen Z people got excited about being cozy. Yes. Yes. That, that is so silly. I know. It's so silly. And then, but there's also, there's this great thing where there's like, there's this video like online of this would be like me wait my waking up at 5 a.m to do my to make my husband his packed lunch and then it's like her daily routine and it's like it's like I think it's uh it's a Japanese video but she's got like a little like twee like cottage cory like apron and it's all like very like it's all like grandma style and all these things and she's like diligently waking up and it's like in the scene that I'm writing I basically you know the the where he's getting ready in American Psycho yeah like 
this is basically this is the one and the same thing. This like fastidious, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's like very vapid in the sense of like it's got nothing really to do with what living an outdoor life is. It's all about keeping pace with. It's, it's something about the process that we're expected to do to keep pace with life as it is is so unsustainable that something that we can do is by being like a really aesthetic peasant. An aesthetic peasant? Yeah, like an aesthetic peasant. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't care about all those things. I just take very scenic walks in the countryside. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't care about the integrated spectacle of life, but I do make sure that I, all of these things that show me being very calm and mindful, I make sure that I take really, you know, post pictures of them to put online, to drive up mass engagement with the algorithm and stuff like that. See, um, I, I don't think that I believe in social media. It exists or... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just like with work. It's like, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'll believe it when you... <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be fooled by this so-called um, social media. Because, I mean, because there's no such thing as society, right? Yeah, it's just families and <laughs> families and blowjobs. Families, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the famous word, words of Margaret Snatcher. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I like, I know this is so obvious and blah, blah, blah. But I think I'm, I, the reason I say this now is because I think I'm believing it for the first time. Yeah. Is that like, um, I think like it's. Or you're just, just getting older and social- more conservative. Maybe. But like, I think social media is anti-social media. And I know that that's not like, I, I'm not presenting this as like this new idea that I've just invented. <laughs> I, I'm glad. But like, <laughs> but like, it just like, it. I, uh, it, uh, 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 the, goblin, goblin mode, goblin mode, yeah, goblin yeah. mode. Like, I'll, I'll be having that. Today. I'll be having that. Thank you. Um, uh, I just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't spark joy. It doesn't enrich my life. And yeah. I deactivated Facebook and haven't missed it once. In fact, oh my I God. frequently feel really glad that it's gone. Yeah. And then um, Instagram, I just find annoying because it doesn't do what Facebook did in the beginning, which was like like an interesting way of like keeping track of people that yeah. I don't have like really like that, like I wouldn't keep, keep track of otherwise. Yeah. Um, but like that, that was fun when that came about and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like just the idea of social, like, like the idea of social media itself, I think like it, I remember it working and being interesting. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. 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 So like, I think Jeremy Corbyn talked about this or Bernie Sanders, maybe they both did about like the idea that like, um, Social media could be good. Um, yeah. It just needs to be publicly owned, um, and because yeah. it's like as a public as a public utility. But like I'm, it should I'm be a public just, utility. I'm falling out of love with it in um, uh, in a way that I have never done before. That I'm mm. just like not interested in it because also Instagram is dumb. Like it's it's. Yeah. I, I like the funny memes and stuff, but that's so niche. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it's actually my only real interest in Instagram now is I'm definitely not interested in seeing my friends posts on Instagram, for example. It's not, yeah. Instagram is not a way for me to sort of keep track of what my friends are doing and stuff like that. Mm. Like that, it doesn't interest me at all. But like these like, in, like totally weird, like you, the thing that yes. you, you're really good at using Instagram for, I have like a mild interest in um, <laughs> and like, and that's it. Yeah, no, but like, I, I, uh, I find when I'm scrolling Instagram, I'm seeing things from people I know or I'm very interested in, no real reaction. I'm like, oh, wow, that looks cool. It's a fucking advert. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's an advert. And there's more, there's more, there's more and more adverts. So I, I know that we're probably like, no one listening to this is being like, mind below. Yeah. But like, it's, I think it's a different thing to sort of like, like cognitively know these things and then to really sort of, to sort of like realize them or to believe them in a sort of more sort of um, like embodied emotional way. And I think I'm, I'm there. I'm just, I'm just not interested. I actually, I kind of like looking at photos of hot people, but it's not something that I really want to do too often (laughs) because then you look from the screen, like from, from from the black mirror into the regular mirror. And then you're like, Oh no! no. <laughs> it's like no. It's like I actually don't think I needed to know that people could be this hard. No, no. <laughs> you accidentally swipe into story mode and the front cam is on. And yeah, like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's just like it's like the way someone who's like cultured, and it's not just like you know, like conventionally, like you know, like movie star attractive people, but someone who is ex- who like has cultivated a particular sort of like aesthetic. 
yeah. like erotic aesthetic that is just so beautifully done and it's yeah. just like so hot yeah and, and not like in like a brad pitt way but like in this very niche way that like is so perfectly done and then yeah. you swipe and then you get you get like the <laughs> yeah. like the, the boomer angle like double no. like no. like the, the, and then you just kind of like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> The wound. Yeah, yeah. The wound. <laughs> Ow. Like, oh, like. So, well, it's also, I, I I like to make the distinction between knowledge and understanding all the time. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can say to anyone, you know, you can say anything to anyone and they'll be like, I know that. And it's like, well, if you really, it was funny because you're acting as if you don't. Yeah. So obviously you don't understand it. That's a very good distinction. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always use knowing and believing, uh, knowing and uh, Knowing and believing, but it's like it's it's weird. Knowing and understanding, I think, is a um, is a better one. But you know what? What that actually is a really good segue into our topic for uh, this month. Yes, um, which is which, Easter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you fucking you are a fucking troll. You're not a goblin. You're a fucking troll, and you're using me to fuck someone. Um, so. Before we get into our, like, I also looked back and Halloween was one of our most listened podcasts. I'm like, oh my God, what? Like, come on. It was the shittest theme. Um, So, um, uh, before we get into our actual theme for the month, uh, I am queen of the heavens and of the earth, empress of despair, architect of your eternal suffering, Olympia Bukakis. (laughs) I'll be having that Oozing gloop And you're listening to our podcast Slurry Slurry. We literally called it Slurry I mean like this is just like a goblin brew Yeah Oh my god goblin brew Yeah goblin brew Yeah Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I Ooh. we okay we have to do Ooh. that. Ooh. 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 Well, that's enough of that. Um, no, I want an ASMR episode still. It okay, we can we can do an ASMR episode. Um, and what is our topic for the month? Oozing glue. Our topic for the month is not Easter. <laughs> it's love. 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 Oh my gosh, do you love to love? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, I actually could not have given a more accurate answer. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's so many things about love, and I kind of like I like I like it when we do topics that are kind of like sappy because we're both people who potentially intellectualize our feelings quite a lot and, um, <laughs> and I think it's kind of interesting to try and uh, like fight like to like um uh in in short yes in short in short uh to be like I I, I I like situations where like love feels secure but I feel very easily <laughs> triggered by um like any sort of like insecurity like insecurity in like uh a uh, a relationship. Really? Yeah. But that's a relationship. That's different to love. Yeah. Well, hmm. Right? Right? Right. right. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, I guess, I guess in that case, I'm talking about a relationship. I think all, re- See, all, all yeah. love has to happen in a relationship, right? If it's, if it's love between people. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't know. It's, um. And see, they never really got to the point there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is love? They just left it as a question. And then they were like, please don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Yeah. It's a fragile thing. I think it's an interesting thing. I, I think it's like, it's also, it, it depends on what a relationship is because it's also as well that you can love something that you have never met or never encountered to a certain extent or you can have a sense of love for it. But then that's a simulated relationship, like that's a projected relationship. A projected relationship, but it's also at the same, at a certain point, what is it to, uh, at what point is it that you have, I feel that we all have access to love in uh, I'm gonna get okay. I'm gonna get really sappy here. I think we're very we have very different opinions on this. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really. I think that like I honestly believe that there is one universal love, and that we're all just points of it to a certain extent. Okay, you're right. We do have very different. <laughs> <laughs> care to elaborate on this um, patently absurd idea? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, yeah, I, I, I have an open mind and an open heart. 
<laughs> but that's yeah. But one, but there is a border control setting in like in play. No, um, yeah. you can pass through the threshold with the right passport. No, um, yeah, I, I, do, I, I think sometimes my heart does not uh, does not uh, echo my uh, geopolitical opinions when it comes to borders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god, literally Queens Against Borders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do in my love life. Yeah, yeah in yeah. my love life. I think that's also, that's fine. I think it's very like, you know, it's this, it's very, and it's... It, but what is this universal love that you're talking about that we are all sort of like, man of the like, points of? Well, in Christian theology, it's called agape, which I think is funny. Agape. <laughs> yes, agape. God is agape. Like, God is agape. So, and, and I think that, you know, I think somewhere with, from, and it definitely does operate between the spectrum of goatsy and God, in which it's like, oh my God, like, wow, like divinity. And then like, what's oh, goatsy? Oh, you don't know what goatsy is? Is this, is this a meme account? It's no, it was like a pre meme thing. It was like a shock site. Oh, uh, like uh, Rotten. Yes. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But Rotten was an image board with many images. Mm-hmm. Goatsy was one image. Yeah. Did the image ever change? No. Nope. <laughs> but it changed you. <laughs> it what was. the image? I mean, it was someone, it was, okay, so right now with, with, with like... Do we need to like give a content warning for this? No, with, okay, with an adult, well, possibly yes, but I mean, if, like, like, abandon all hope, ye who enter here, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's an accurate depiction of Goatsy. So, it was a fisting bottom who Uh had taken a whole pick, but they have all eight of their fingers inside their hole. Yeah. Making their hole agape. Oh. And then it was, but it was like the angle and it was such a profane image. And of oh, course, okay. yeah. I thought it was going to be violent. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Oh, all, that's no. fine. No, it's completely. That's just a bit eccentric. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was like, oh, like, I mean, it was like, it was a, but when you didn't, obviously when you know you're in high school, you don't have a reference frame for this and someone goes like hey go on goatsy.com yeah 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 and you're like oh. and it's a bit of an abject sort of thing if you like your experience of anuses is things that maybe stretch you know like wide enough for like a cucumber or a penis or a finger or something or a poo yeah and then all of a sudden it's a lot wider then that that can be unsettling, I guess. For and it's also a filthy pervert who is like, this is me being filthy and pervert. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like someone, it's like it's someone being like gross for like this camera and all these things. It's like, and so there is that element to it. But like, for example, people photoshopped this into so many different things as well. It got photoshopped repetitively. My favourite one was when they made it a Danish pastry. Amazing. So, I can't believe that I've lived my whole life without, oh my God, am I going to look it up now? Yes. Google Goatsy. G O A T S E. S E. Goats. Okay. The original meme and its online legacy. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, it's just to people talking about making an NFT of Goatsy. Um, what? People yeah. are making an NFT of Goatsy? Oh, oh, what? okay. What? Um, oh, oh my... Oh, wait, Goatsy, <laughs> you've done it again. <laughs> um, what? An NFT of Goatsy? Oh my God. How much would an NFT of Goatsy sold by the original photographer go for? That, and, that's disgusting. Oh, someone said uh, that... the. Paul said that it should be at 100 ETH. I just don't, I don't understand, man. Um, Can you see the uh, image? Okay, okay. I'm getting the image. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> I encourage anyone who's not seen Goatsy to go and check it out. But yeah. then you also later have to go to like the Google images and see like the multiple different ways in which it was, it was memed. It was like turned into all these different things. It's in, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, it's intense. But like, I don't know. It's that not like totally outside the bounds of like... Um, you say that as a sexually mature adult living in Berlin. Yeah, that's what I mean. As in like, I don't know, I've been to Schoenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so... So, 
Yeah, so I think that, like, so, yeah, so, like, also as well, like, so I think that, like, just like we all have the capacity to go see ourselves, mm. we all have the capacity to love. And you don't necessarily need someone else to go see yourself with. You can get there yourself. You can get, although it is nicer to so do it with like, someone else. So it's like, think anal gaping. Yes. And then, and then apply that to the heart. Sort of, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, in that sort of sense. It sound, sounds yeah. like a terrifying situation of vulnerability. I mean, yes, like, yes, yes, but also, yeah, like, I think there is, it's also as well that, like, I think actually that the process of, also as well, we basically, also if you look at children, children are like manifest, no, not manifest, hardwired to, for attraction and love and caring, and a huge part of adulthood, and also a process described by Deleuze and Guattari as Oedipalization, which is this, this process of going through, you know, the Oedipus complex and these sorts of things, or not even going through an Oedipus complex, going through the the culture that created this as a kind of Oedipus complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very critical of this idea that that you know that our relations can be reduced down to the radical simplicity of like father and mother and me and my ongoing, you know, my ability to go on and get a partner and then become either a father or a mother in that process, yeah, kind of thing. And also like um and. Also, I mean, Sarah Shulman also describes gentrification in this way of like creating this very, very predictable and, and boring life and sort of describes like uh, the fate slash destiny of heterosexuality as being like uh, education, college and marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and this kind of, so we can take these these two things like fate or destiny and get these like three like very basic ideas out and you've got this kind of like this binary situation that uses trinities all the time and like this kind of thing and then also that we have this very consistently hierarchical process in our society sort of like that i think love is something that it really it really uh can overcome all of these all of these things that initially you would never have expected to be able to mm. kind of thing and so in that sense we don't want people to be able to experience love spontaneously for for many people or large groups yeah. at the same time we have a very clear process that trains us down to want to only be in a monogamous loving relationship yeah in that sort of sense because it's a lot of it's also a lot of work and you're very vulnerable and mm. you get you it's very easy to experience a kind of heartbreak that can damage you for your entire life yeah you know by by coming loving so and then obviously you know a, a relationship is a very difficult thing and then relationships between multiple people are even more difficult mm as well so with all of those things so of course you would you know it, so of course to many people it's or in a certain frame it's unthinkable but and I think the reason why I feel so strongly that we there is just this kind of like almost universal medium of love and we're we're part of it and we can express that as well comes down ultimately to self-love mm-hmm. as well because even if you don't love somebody else you can love yourself Mm. I think in that kind of aspect. I really, that, that's something really, it's really, it's hard and it's difficult and we can forget it sometimes and it needs work and it needs maintenance, but we can love ourselves. Yeah. This reminds me of um, two things. Mm. Um, the first one is that um, <clears throat> in the introduction to The Psychic Life of Power by Judith Butler, mm. um, she makes this argument about how, like, um, that infants, the human infant has no choice but to attach or but to love. Yeah. Um, and uh, incidentally, um, uh, this is uh, like this is why like um, intergenerational sexual contact, like mm. as in like between a child and, and an adult, um, is wrong. Not because a child does not have a sexuality or cannot love, but because mm. children cannot choose to not love. That like mm. children are hardwired to form these attachments with adults and to love them and to and, and to, to seek contact with them. And so, and consent is predicated on the possibility to say no. Like in order for consent to be possible, there has to be the option of saying no. Mm. And so because children um, uh, like love adults in a way that adults don't love each other, which is like, it was was more sort of like universal and less discriminatory. Mm. um, Then that is why that consent is not possible. Not because it's imposing a sexuality onto a child that the child doesn't have, because we all know that when we were kids, we played around. And this idea Mm. that like, um, that kids don't have this is damaging for all of us because then we feel like we're some sort of freakish anomaly because we wanted to like hump our friend when we were four or something, you know? So like the problem is not, uh, uh, that, um, uh, like that this, Mm. like that this desire doesn't exist in children, but rather that, um, uh, like it's an imposition of 
um, like uh, a supposedly equal, a, a, a relationship that requires equality and the potential of saying no mm. into a situation where that isn't possible. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a very good point. Um, mm. But that's just like a side point because the other thing you said was about ah, loving yourself because I remember when I was in therapy, um, I think um, it was while I was still with my ex and I was like, I don't know, because I was saying it's kind of difficult because I feel like sometimes I'm the only person around me who's depressed. Um, and this was before Corona. So like, <laughs> so, so like I got what I wished for. Um, but like, I Do you was, feel like a winner, baby? <laughs> you know what? It's certainly like in um, Melancholia, you know, when... Uh, oh, damn, like, I haven't seen it. It's a, like, it's, it, but like, it's a good, right? It's really, really good. Okay. And like Kirsten Dunst is really, really depressed. And then, I know the and then the, the world end. starts to end. Yeah. Oh, it's not even the twist at the end. Oh, it's the like the basic is. premise. So like, oh, the, okay, and then, right. And then the world is going to end and she's like, she's like, well, I've been here for ages, guys. Yeah. So when everyone started getting really depressed uh, with, during Corona, I was just kind of like, oh, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, Wait, sorry, but two seconds, like twist at the end, like, ba- no, no, babes, it's the basic premise. I mean, like, is that not what trans identity is? What? Like, oh my God, wait. I'm trans. And then it's like, oh no, this was just actually what it was all along. Yeah, this was, this was, there was a heavy foreshadowing going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, uh, I said to my therapist, I was like, I just don't really understand when people talk about loving themselves and how it's important to love yourself. Because I was, I was like, it just sounds to me sort of like fundamentally narcissistic. Like, <laughs> I am myself. So how can I love myself? Because like the self that I love is always just some sort of like imagination. And it just seems sort of like, like narcissistic and childish and, and and my therapist just goes well yes <laughs> but you know actually there's this is um, therapy wait two seconds like there's a new meme so therapist uh, so how long have you checked notes been rejecting self-love <laughs> <laughs> well i was just like i don't understand how i could do it like because i was thinking of love as this sort of like deep romantic attachment Mm, um, yeah. and, uh, and, and I was like, that just seems strange to have this idea of yourself that you just sort of, um, uh, like that one is like fixated and besotted with oneself. Cause I was like, I've also been that, you know, like, I, yeah. like, um, through performing, like I worked really hard to sort of like be infatuated with myself as a way of dealing mm. with the fact that I didn't really didn't like myself and it worked for a bit and then it didn't. So like, what's with that? Yeah. Like, I just couldn't really understand that. And my therapist was like, yeah, well, you're kind of right. And I was like, okay, well, that's... <laughs> like, like I guess that flatters my ego, but I guess it's ultimately not so helpful because I'm still feeling sh- like shit about myself in a room full of people who are like, you just got to love yourself, you know, especially yeah. in drag, you know, like because yeah, like, drag you, can be so euphoric and everyone's like, you need to love and appreciate yourself. And I'm like, but I don't. <laughs> if you love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Yeah, can this, I get me, man? Yeah, and it's like, oh my God. Like, and I actually did, I found it easier to like... I found like my ex was the first person that I really like was in a long-term loving relationship with. And it did help me love myself to love him first. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 loving yeah. him actually did help me. And I think uh, anyway, but yeah. you know what changed was there's this book that yeah. I'm sure everyone thinks that uh, was anticipating that we would mention, which is called all about love by bell hooks. The revolutions like, uh, like eccentric hippie godmother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! By the way, there's this amazing thing with Bell Hooks, like in a cinema, like because she's very critical of Paris is Burning, and there's an interview of her uh, talking about being in the cinema and all these like people laughing at it and stuff like that. And then she was like, "I just didn't know why they were laughing." So then I yelled out, "Why are you laughing?" <laughs> you just know that she did with this really, really high. Pitch. And she had this, she had this really grating voice. I did really. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna check out. Oh, what does Bell Hook sound like? Wow, I bet it's amazing." And I was like, "Oh, dear god, <laughs> it's really intense. It's so intense." She's yeah. ama- like, "Oh, ah." Uh, R-I- I mean, I love Bell Hooks. R-I-P Bell Hooks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rest in power. She, um, Rest in power. But, like, with I've, I've read two of her books, and both yeah. of them, at some point, I had to stop reading. Because <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. In this one, she, um, uh, she started talking about spiritual love, and I was like, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Agape? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me, I, I give me the agape. Like, um, but there is this definition of love. Um, in it uh, that I uh, thought was kind of interesting that she uses um, <laughs> that she lifts from um, oh she so 
she says, uh, the, quote to her, the word love is most often defined as a noun, yet all the most astute theorists of, no, no, of love acknowledge that we would all love better if we used it as a verb. And I thought that was interesting. And then she says, I spent years searching for a meaningful definition of the word love and was deeply relieved when I found one in psychiatrist M. Scott Peck's classic self-help book, The Road Less Travelled, <laughs> first published in 1978. And then I forgot this, but um, echoing the work of Eric Fromm, who I actually do like. Um, uh, he, des- he defines love as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Mm. And, um, and I sort of like thought of this, um, the way that um, I thought that's very useful. And she uh, contrasts that with cathexis, which is like attachment. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, and I thought it's like, that was sort of like an, uh, a, a useful sort of cathexis. thing. Cathexis. Cathexis. Okay, so cathexis is attachment, and love is the will is to extend oneself. Will... Yeah, um, yeah, completely. So, and then so one's... is cathexis a Latin word? It's Greek. Greek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure if that's what it meant in ancient Greek or, or whatever, but it's how she uses it is yeah, attachment. Yeah, yeah. She draws that distinction, and it's funny because when I first read this book, uh, my relationship with my ex was falling apart, and my, the, my, the lens through which I was reading it was like. I'm offering real love and he's offering, he's offering cathexis and blah, 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 blah. And then then we broke up and then, um, and then I read it again, like a couple of months later and I was like, oh my God, like I just, I, I, um, read it through a completely different lens. Yeah. Um, which was, oh, which was that we both had loved each other. Yeah. Um, Like, and like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy and proud of the fact that like, I think some people, like, I don't know. That like the work that we both put into uh, the initial stages of our breakup um, yeah. allowed us, well, allowed me um, uh, to uh, like be really proud of like both of us for the love that we made mm. together. Um, and um, I, the way that I sort of interpret it, the way that I think about it now is an ethical commitment to um, uh, mm-hmm. one's own well-being or encouragement or that of someone else and mm. that and so that is actually different to an attachment like um that the two very often coincide yeah. because yeah, an yeah, attachment yeah. can make you uh can make you do this thing but like so then love is something that you like kind of build and in that way it's kind of like solidarity and yes. maybe solidarity is a form of love yes um, yeah because um yeah. it's also like solidarity is something that you always have to offer first mm. um like the general principle of solidarity is that you offer it to someone mm-hmm. whether uh, because they because uh, because you should yeah not because you expect something to be reciprocated mm. um and in that way it's better than charity which is like you offer something in as a means of maintaining the the power relationship that you have so the rich give some of their money yeah. to the poor so that the poor stay poor and the rich stay rich yeah um, it's also it's, it's also you know it's, the gratitude is entailed within this yeah yeah exactly and uh and love is something that you can actually give Mm. without um without uh receiving love back it makes me think about loving um addicts mm-hmm. um so like you know like the, if you like if you're going to love an addict and continue to sort of like um uh keep them in your life you will the only way that will work is if you don't expect that person to put you before their addiction yeah um and so you actually have to like uh, if you want to be there for someone who's like struggling pr- with an addiction, you need to uh, be committed to their well-being, mm. um, uh, and of course have healthy boundaries. Yeah. But like, and continue to offer that regardless of whether they are being a good friend or or whatever. Um, mm. And I think this definition kind of works with that, and I like mm. it because it is, I guess, it gets spiritual enough for me, yep. but doesn't like <laughs> uh, get into like metaphysics or, or whatever. So. Mm. Um, uh, in a way that sort of like makes me turn off. And I really like that. Uh, I, li- I really like that definition. I would be interested in reading it in the original from because he's he's the one um, in the Frankfurt School who's trying to bring Marxism and well, they, they all are. Yeah. But like he specifically was um, trying to use psychoanalysis to explain mm. certain things to uh, like um, through a Marxist lens. Mm. Um, so um, he's like, he's really cool. I really like him. Um, but I, I, so, and that's how I can get co- kind of romantic about it. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. that kind of romantic, love, I love that love. Like when I feel that in myself, like when yeah. I feel that like love as like a desire to, um, and a commitment to someone else's wellbeing. And then through that, I was able to actually, and in the, in, in the breakup, um, mm. um, then that's when I started to show love to myself. And which, which felt different to being, having like some sort of like narcissistic, um, 
uh, like excitement or admiration of myself yeah. that I like looking at myself and being like, I'm a person that's worthy of applause or praise or even yeah. love. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, well, I could take care of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, and then, so then I just started doing things that like uh, that made me feel nice. And this was also at a period when I was sober. So like, mm. and I was like really trying to change my relationship with substances. So I'd like, d- d- I realized that if I did nice things to myself, then I would feel nice afterwards. Mm. Um, and so in that case, and I think also that was like, so like changing, changing my sort of like consumption habits to be more healthy felt like showing love towards myself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so that's how I started to believe in being able to love yourself. Yeah. But not through the, yeah. In a more sort of like, as a, like it, as a thing that you do. Yeah. Well, I also think that a lot of what con- of problematic consumption habits, of which we've been very public about on this podcast, <laughs> can also come from is from a gigantic hole where where love should be or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Actually, and one of the one of the I mean, one of the very it's pr- like the center of the gutsy. Yeah, it's yeah. At, it's absolutely <laughs> it's the void the sausage is being chucked down. <laughs> so no, I think that. Um, I mean, certainly from my time um, uh, in AA, um, uh, reflecting on my own experience of the other people as well, like, or there was something about it was just that, like, there was a there's a certain way in which you need to behave, a certain set of limits you need to conform to. And that's hypothetically around, say, you work from nine to five, Monday to Friday. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to do it. I believe that when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my ongoing thing for today is that I'm just, I'm just not sure about work. I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure about work. Yeah. But like work, well, yeah. I think you're making it up. Yeah, exactly. I like that. So, no, I think that, um, I think that there's like a certain amount of things that you, you need to do. And if you don't, do them in some way you're going to get like punished kind of thing and if you feel if you are too attached or you become too in love with with things or you act in a way that's too free in a certain aspect kind of thing or you're uh you will um overextend yourself and also as well actually that also our relationships to other people are things that we can get drunk on you know, that idea mm. of being generous to someone else, like all of these things as well. So this is a big part of it, actually. So when you're so a practice of sobriety, it's not only about not engaging in substances, all of these things. It's actually about the process by which we become, you know, you stop yourself, you basically stop yourself from becoming love drunk mm. as well. Because also the other thing is that, but I love that. I love being love drunk. Yeah, yeah. When I fell in love yeah. with my ex, I remember in 2014, mm. I was like, it was also a time when I was <laughs> uh, less than moderate with my consumption. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing because anytime I want to feel good, I would just think about him and I would just be filled with this feeling of like well being oh and stuff like this. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is amazing. And it was like this little drug button I could press in my head. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, so the thing is, is that basically is that there's, and it's, this is so interesting and so powerful that basically is part of the, is that it's, it's regulated to this process of a romantic relationship that has a series, a series of forms of attachment. And also what's interesting about this actually is this is the basic relationship on which property ownership is, is premise and things, you know, marriage and all of this stuff. Like there is something about this. So it's also interesting where to think that like, more than just you know that there is something about I don't know there's something about this thing where ah, it's very do we I would like to say that maybe there is some kind of reality to love that maybe informed like cap relationships of property and capital in some way but I think that I can't really formulate that well enough right now and that's maybe a bit of a reach like no I think there's definitely something there um, mm. uh, there's a meme going around about bell hooks and like, like, um, that, they, that it serves capitalism to have us in a perpetual state of like love starvation. Um, right. and there, there is something, uh, in the fact that like the, um, that even the apps that we use to find love or intimacy, um, are run with a profit motive. Um, yeah. And to like, uh, so like Tinder and Grindr and stuff like that, like, it's like there is actually an algorithm that structures the way that single people try and find love 
now yeah. in large parts of the world. Um, yeah. And it's not making us happy. Um, mm. Like this, we had this inter, like we, I told you about this. Someone like the other day on Grinder wrote to me um, oh, yeah. and then like tried to sort of like, um, <laughs> try to like, I know I, I re- everyone was like, why didn't you, why, why didn't you just block this person? I was like, because it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but this person basically was, when I asked for a photo of their face was like, only give it sometimes and some, uh, so, uh, sometimes very early and sometimes never. And I was like, okay, well, I prefer to know, um, like I have an idea of what the person that I'm talking to looks like. And then he was like, oh, is this really, is this about who I am in, yeah. in, in quotation marks? And then like, uh, <laughs> tried to sort of like use this really slippery logic. And I won't say gaslighting, but it was like, like, it, was like it was trying to trick me basically yeah. into thinking that I was selfish and dumb yeah. uh, and shallow yeah. For, for wanting an image of the person that I was writing with. Yeah. Um, and of course I didn't block him because I was like, there are people out there who like will get like, like bullied by this logic. Um, yeah. And there are people out there who don't have time for this, but yeah. I have the afternoon off and I enjoy putting people in their place. I do. Yeah. Like when I know that I'm in the right. Oh my God. And someone is being like violent or weird or coercive. I actually do enjoy uh, like, uh, like, you enjoy you, you, you I enjoy standing up to those people when because I know there were times when I wouldn't have the words and I also know there's other people who wouldn't have the capacity and yeah. maybe maybe sometimes in the wrong but you know what <laughs> it's like uh, like everyone makes mistakes um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so you know, I, you're, so, you're, you're an accountable authoritarian yeah exactly yeah 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 I'm willing to engage in, a, in an accountability process that I myself have designed so I was just like like obviously, I mean, is it really accountability process if it's not accountable to you first? Exactly. Yeah. Like I need to know that the process itself is accountable to me. Um, <laughs> to me. Um, so like, and I do think this is like, um, you know, that one of the reasons that Russia is so fucked right now is because when the Russian Parliament and the president were trying to work out the constitutional relationship of what the the legislative body and the executive power relationships are going to be. And they wanted it to be more equitable, or the president not to be so powerful. The president got the military to go and shell. Oh yeah, no, they didn't the actually shell them. Oh god, but they did. He, yeah, like Boris Yeltsin, he got yeah. the, the tanks to, to be all around the parliament. Oh, I heard he shelled them. It said on Wikipedia that they actually launched. Oh, did they? Actually yeah, they them? actually did it. Yes, for multiple days. Oh my god, that's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, so that's that. Now that. That's the way to control accountability process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeltsin approach. But anyway, so I said to this guy, like, obviously I'm not, I don't think that I'm going to grasp your essence through like some sort of like uh, face picture. But you but, could throw a goat seed. <laughs> so I, mean, I was like, but like um, the fact, like, but given that like revenge porn, catfishing and like, uh, and other forms of like online abuse are a thing. Like this provides a certain amount yeah. elements of security, but anyway, this is a red flag. Let's leave it. And he, then he was like trying to say like, well, actually, people selecting based on the um, based on uh, like a certain aesthetic is an um, a, 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 like a trend that's really damaging to the LGBT. Community. A discriminatory practice a within discrimin- the LGBT. Yeah, he said discriminatory practice, and it's like like. Choosing your sex partners is a discriminatory practice because you literally discriminate between people that you want to have sex with and people that you don't want to have yes. sex with. And you can have p- opinions about someone yes. else's, uh, like, uh, where, like who someone else hooks up with. Yeah. But the idea that you get to, like, shame someone for who yeah. they want to have sex with is fucked. It's so fucked. Yeah. Anyway. I think so, it's worth reclaiming the way... Uh, yes. Also, like, it was just like, you know, this is the kind of interaction that happens all the time on these apps. And these apps are owned by people and they make money for certain people. And so the way that, like, um, our erotic and amorotic, (laughs) amorous uh, drives, our desire to be attached to and to love other people are channeled in... um, uh, in the market that we exist within, mm. like actually, like it does have a it does have a capitalist logic to it, yeah. or it does have a logic that is Im- impacted by the profit motive. Yeah. So I think as well, there's something about the capitalist logic which is about perpetual growth as well, like cancer, like cancer, cancer yeah. and capitalism have the same thing, like perpetual growth, all of these things, more profit, more this, more that. You know, like there's an X and Y like sort of right angle graph when we want a 45 degree line going up. Mm. You know, if like profits on one side and time, like over time, we want to increase profit. We want all of these things more, more, more. And, and as a reason for that, capitalism, capitalism needs a 3% compound growth each year to avoid a crisis. Mm-hmm. 
So that is relatively simple when you can be like, oh, we need to grow, so let's go and start trading with another continent or yeah. something hypothetically. But obviously you can't do something like that now. Like, And so... And when you say trading with another continent, you mean oh gosh. colonialism, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't even mean... I just meant like, oh, oh God. <laughs> Damn. I could have thought that one through. I meant, actually, I was going to say another... I'm actually quoting David Harvey. He says like, you know, when, when capitalism is a small area of a, a set of towns in Northern England, it's yeah. relatively easy to expand. But that also means colonialism as yeah, well. Yeah, so, totally. I'm sorry. I think no. Yeah. I think dude, you don't have to apologize. It's like yeah. I'm uh, just sorry for Britishness in general. To be <laughs> but like, like, I think Rosa Luxemburg writes this about this, and I've never read it. And it's like, what is it? Capitalism, uh, the accumulation, the accumulation of capital. And she's yeah. talking about like, um, uh, like she's an early writer on um, yeah. how capitalism, like, uh, like discovers and creates new markets and how this is an extremely right. bloody process and stuff. Exactly. I, ha- I haven't read it. And so now one of those markets is Grindr and, or Tinder uh-huh. or these sorts of things. Also as well, by the way, as well, like Grindr came out and then Tinder came out. I saw a really great meme that was about someone was like, Tinder came out four years after Grindr and now it's made all of us have to experience um, the heartless, soulless... Uh, repulsive nature of homosexual relations <laughs> <laughs> and I was like welcome baby yeah, like, actually, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. welcome to the club try well, not to ma- take up too much room <laughs> yeah, well, yeah in this miserable treehouse of uh, like of uh, gay desire oh um, my god lol. yeah so no, but I think I, so I think it's I, so but like so I also saw an app recently uh, an advert for an app called um, Get It like G like Get It Get It Get something like that. It was mm. like getter or something like that, as in like Tinder or Grinder or like get like getter. And it was like, like get her. No, like, no, get her. Yeah, get her. I know. I was like, it was, it was awful. It was awful. Like just when they said, I was just like, oh my god, this is like a food delivery service that is basically premised on Grinder. Yeah. Like and but it's actually like I think we were wrong to believe. You know, there's something about Grinder where it's. I mean, because Grinder's a cruising app. It's a cruising app. Like that basically, like you know, people call it a dating. I thought app. it was an app for gym buddies. Are you kidding me? I didn't think that. But like, but like people who say, I'm here for a gym buddy. It's like, you can just say you go to the gym. No, no. A gym buddy is for, for someone hot to go to the gym with them. So you work out and then you fuck afterwards. Uh, I think that's Do they fuck afterwards? Oh, I think so. I think that's the premise. I think the premise is that it's for someone to, or that's maybe on the table as well. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, it's kind of like saying, hey, do you want to go for a coffee with each other before you, you know, you go to the gym together, you maybe work out together and then you like get off on each other and then you fuck afterwards. Or you're like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, you know what? Actually, I'm not, I don't feel like we've got any chemistry you know, but we just worked out together and that was nice. You know, we can work out again some other time. Yeah. Maybe maybe you work out two or three times and then you fuck or something. I can't think yeah. that's the premise of a gym buddy. Okay. Like, so, but with all these things, I don't know, I think with these with these processes, it's also about how we're using our time because all of these algorithms are designed to, designed to drive up our engagement because that drives up their advertising revenue. So Grindr wants us to engage with it as much as possible. Instagram wants us to engage with it as much as possible. And I think in this process, like, just from you know what we've been talking about i would just say that i would really like to sort of like have a process where we rehabilitate or reclaim like the concept or the term of um of discrimination yeah like and i think that there's i'm taking that from a very specific place like and it's an interview with erica badu on a um uh on a radio channel and she talks about the idea and they're, they're talking to her and they're like, what do you, you know, what are you working on right now? And she's like, oh, the process of, of discriminating, you know. And then, um, and the radio host is like, what do you mean discrimination? Because obviously, like, we want to be anti-discrimination. We don't want discrimination. We we know what it is to be discriminated against. We know how unpleasant that is. We know how wrong that is on a systemic and structural level to be discriminated against. And then she talks about the idea. She's like, well, no, you know, what what as the ideas are coming through, what is a good idea to continue with? And what's yeah. one that I don't, Editing. Yeah, editing, like, in this sort of sense. I think it's just, like, this thing of just being, like, oh, well, this is a discriminatory practice. It's, like, well, yes. Like, but it's yeah. not, it's not just, this is not in the same sense. And it's also through a process of discrimination, we can discriminate between the way in which you're using this term discriminatory practice from what is an authentically discriminatory practice at a state or legal or structural level to say that, actually, this is part of me living a life that is true to my integrity. Yeah in that sense, which allows me 
to be true to my ethical responsibilities and also to honour the the love that I have for myself and the love that I have for other people. Yeah. As well, kind of in that sense. Also, and we, I, te- I mean, I said this to you at the time when we were texting. We, we texted you text me this thing, like, if you knew the people that I'd slept with in dark rooms and also in cruising grounds, you would not be worried about discriminatory aesthetic practice. Absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. It's like... Like, you you assume that I wouldn't be, like... Into, DTF. Into, yeah, like into, like, into fucking some troll. And you're wrong. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I think especially over the last year, I've really enjoyed sex. And I've enjoyed sex with so many different kinds of people. And it felt really yeah. sort of like... Um, especially because I've had a real focus on doing it sober. Yeah. Um, and it's like... And it's just so interesting. And I guess as you get older, you have less hang-ups about it. And it becomes less about whether you're attractive and more about, like, what experience you can have. Yeah. Because I feel like in my 20s, so often I was having sex so that I could feel beautiful. Yeah. Um, and uh, now I'm just, like, curious. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's... Less, but you it's just, it be, like, being queer and old and, like, some old people's home? Just being, like, all this kind of... Well, I think that's also what it's like. I think old people get queer, right? Because, yeah. like, because Ooh. they, like, in nursing homes, they all just start fucking. Oh, Because there's, really? there's, like, really Ooh. high rates of um, uh, STDs in nursing homes because a lot of people, are just, they just bone. Um, you what? So yeah. I get, wow. Yeah, because like some of this sort of like heteronormative conditioning just sort of like fades away, and people just start fucking, um, yeah, which wow. I am like here for. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I'm completely here for that as well. Wow. Yeah, it's it's also quite complicated because then as people are like developing dementia and stuff like that, it's like it that's gets... true. I'm just gonna say as well that I put my time to like fucking gross old people as well on multiple occasions. So when I'm gross and old, there better be like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what what went around better come around if you know what I'm saying oh my god <laughs> now I'm like middling so I'm not so concerned but you know yeah. I'm like as far as I'm concerned that's fucking the bank that I put down I well you know they say a lot of people a lot of people say uh, that sex gets really good in your 40s and I mm. from what I know of my 30s I would believe that and I yeah. in my 40s I hope I'm not like like obsessed with having sex with people in their twenties, you know, because like, I hope, I hope you can leave that sort of neurotic desire. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. No. I mean more, I mean more just like being around and then like, you know, just some, I just, yeah, I like some easy breezy carefree young things like, Hey, (laughs) that's what I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, like some easy breezy, like beautiful young thing is just like, I need to get laid right now. Uh, also, I've had some very, very nice experiences with older men in my years. Okay. I've also had some terrible ones, which is, I think, why I got so upset at this guy. Yeah. Um, especially, I find in particular in Australia, like, mm. that's where I've experienced a lot of sort of like, and it, I think I got a little bit triggered by this guy because yeah. it was like, it was a guy who was older than me who was trying to manipulate me um, yeah. emotionally. And yeah. I was like, and I, I've had older guys do that to me uh, before. Yeah. And, and like try to make me feel like I'm selfish or or like yeah like uh, toxic or like part of some problem in the LGBT community because yeah. I wanted to have a say in who it was that I was physically intimate with yeah, but and it's, it's just it's like it's like I immediately have these like alarm bells go off in my yeah head. it's also this process well that basically they want you to extend yourself for their development yeah in some way they want you to engage in this in this practice of love or a loving practice and yeah. that kind of sense they want you to or they want you to you know they or they want to they want to or may, maybe it's not that i think to a certain extent well there's this kind of like i know you like no i think there is something about this like they want you to reach out in some way or submit to them somehow or something like but that but they want you to do it not to like um but they want you to do it in a way that's similar like with they want you to do it in a way where they can't discriminate like with the child right mm. like they want you to love because they have sort of positioned you in a situation where you can't say no without being like some sort of bad person and yeah. so it's this like coercive sort of thing yep yeah, i have to say i've become really happy to be that bad person actually <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. that's why the, the way that it ended was i i said because i said it's creepy like because they said yeah the thing the lgbt community and like damaging and i said nice try uh yeah. people are allowed to choose who they want to have sex with uh, and be intimate with and it's creepy and weird to try and make people feel bad about those choices and then he replied saying no you can't um you can't uh say i'm creepy j- just because of your paradigm um and i just wrote a canon did 
Good for <laughs> and I took so much joy in that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, um, I, like, I walked away from it sort of like frustrated, but if I had just blocked him straight away, yeah. I would have still had that frustration, yeah. but I wouldn't have felt the satisfaction of saying my piece. Yeah. And then also, um, doing my best to make sure that he felt some equal measure of, um, yeah. of, uh, of the distress that he had caused me. Cause you know, they say an eye for an eye, uh, you know, like it, you know, is no, is no form of justice, yeah. but like a bitchy comment and some dark energy for a bitchy comment and some dark energy <laughs> is justice. I'm sorry. That is. I do like that to a certain extent. I do really, the second someone annoys me, I just block them because I'm just uh, like, um, I I do get too invested in things too quickly. So I yeah. do like to, for me, it is a practice of just being like, I know that if I, like, if just even, not even addressing the fact that, but somehow I, that I have, a, I have a, an innate instinctual response to certain situations, knowing that if I go even entertain any level of investment in the situation whatsoever, it will cause a huge problem for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just immediately block them. And then also I won't explain that decision because it's also as all part of the process of like, that also creates this investment yeah. of just this, um, of the, uh, these things. And then it's also, it's also one of these things of just being like, I also think that, I don't know, I just think there's so many situations in which I understand or have accepted that I will not receive recognition in some way that to a certain extent it's kind of just freed me of it it's like I don't need you to understand this kind of other thing and that is definitely and I think there is something about that of like that is a certain aspect there is something about that that is an aspect of self-love but it's also an aspect of faith but it's also an aspect of understanding that there is more to the world than just me and I don't need to take care of this situation. Yeah. Something else will do that. And I know that's like, you know, this thing of just being like, obviously to a certain extent, like, no, we do need to, we who are seriously, you know, we do actually need to take the effort to be involved in the world in some way or something like that. But also as well, I guess for me, and part of growing older is not in every way all the time. Oh, sorry. Not in every way all the time with everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's also about like something that's like uh, an important thing to do with maturity is to work out where you want what sort of love yeah. from and yeah, yeah. and to like invest your energies there. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's like, um, like, I guess with sex, like, is it's like, is it, am I going to get the love that I um, like want from this sex mm. or... Could I be giving that to myself and just be getting sex from this sex? Yes, completely, right? Completely, completely, completely. And because also, as well, the thing is, right, is that then you're like, ah, because I love myself, I've gone out and scored sex. Then when the, the sex releases all those, like, uh, love hormones and all of these, like, oxytocin and all these things, you're going to be like, God damn, I'm good. Versus like, oh, I need this other person to complete me. And then I need that acknowledgement and all the other things. And then you're like... And they, oh, they gave me their number. And then they never text back ever. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's like, it's like you like in that feeling for me, it feels like, um, sort of like handing out my center of gravity to being mm. sort of like in between me and this person. Yeah. Um, and then I feel, I feel destabilized. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what, that's the thing that, about, that I don't like about love. Um, yeah. See, and that's when I become attached in, uh, attached to something that is not stable. Um, and then, so then, mm. Um, like what kind of works for me is to try and pull that center of gravity back in myself and then be like, yeah. no matter what happens, like I will be okay with me. Yeah. That could be very nice, but I'm not going to sort of like, uh, attach it first, but that takes a lot of work for me. Yeah. 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 See, this is it. What I find is that for me is like, well, you know what coronavirus looks like? Hot. Yeah. Just like hot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like, like this sort of like sphere with these little points coming off it mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, Sexy. I, yeah. I kind of think that's like what love is like, you know, like we're all like little individual points, but there's like deep in the core of the COVID is like love. <laughs> and that I don't understand that. Can you elaborate? Okay. So I think that to a certain extent. So what is the, what is the spike protein? The like, spike protein. Is, we are the spike proteins. Okay. In that kind of sense. Like we all so you're like love is something that connects us. I feel like there's a deeper thing in the same sense that we all come from a certain place, be it like the Big Bang or something like that, be it a certain energy, all of these sorts of things. I feel like there is a, a, a for me, there's this kind of thing. And then the, the, then within that, within that sort of like shared origin that we all have this certain, like in there is some kind of certain innate instinct that 
is I just like either of those terms because they're far too. I really believe in nurture over nature, kind of thing. Like and but even I think that the idea of the you know the binary between nurture and nature is also false as well. There's also epigenetic processes in which our nature is determined by the way that we are nurtured, as well with all of these things. So, but I think that within it there is this ability to see love and recognize love and feel love within all these things. And I think that there is something that we we all have some kind of part of that. And then as the option between we're just sort of like the the most recent manifestations of it as it were and some of us will go on to create the next generation of people who will go on to to love and do all of these things but all of us regardless of whether or not we participate within that process have the ability to engage in that love mm -hmm. still with all of those things and it's also that i think as well that i think the you know that we we think very much like in the very christian frame we have this idea that like sex is for child rearing kind of thing and there's this mm -hmm. idea like and i've had this idea before that like i think that the purpose of us is not of the you know people like to create this idea of human purposes to reproduce like to reproduce a species and i completely disagree. just like a virus yeah like a virus <laughs> i don't i yeah exactly exactly that's and viruses just, aren't even alive right right that's just it and neither are fucking babies until like they're born <laughs> yeah like and so that you know and the baby is a single-celled organism that grows with the thing like, like i see very much the purpose of us I see it far more that we're here to fuck. <laughs> I think fucking is far more... In, I think that children are a consequence of fucking, and I think if there's a biological imperative, it's to fuck, like, in that sense. But I think that we have got some kind of imperative as well to love in some way, kind of thing. And it's part of a... a and I think there's a lot of it that there's this idea that, well, love is this thing that is shared between a mummy and a daddy. And that's for the process of, you know, and that's the childhood. Which is so weird because mummy and daddy do not love each other. <laughs> for the vast majority of kids. No, completely, completely, <laughs> completely. It's ridiculous as well. It's like there's this thing, like there's this idea of this. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Like, so I think that there's like something... Um, and it's also that then this is very disconcerting to realise that your parents don't love each other mm. as well. Especially if you see it happening in real time. Yeah. <laughs> but like... Um, well, my parents do love each other, so I've never seen it. But I just know that most other people's parents don't. <laughs> and you know what? There have certainly been times when my parents didn't as well. Yeah, just like that. And then also as well, part of it, because of part of the, the cathexis, the attachment is part of why like, we also work through these things as well, yeah. and all these things. And so I guess that's also why things like gay marriage are important for the longevity of certain relationships and stuff because it gives you this form of attachment that... Absolutely. I mean, like, I'm gay married and look at me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that actually brings us to, like, mm. uh, I think I think that's a beautiful sentiment that you outline. Mm. Um, and I can sort of get with it without feeling too, um, too, <laughs> too much like I'm being sucked into an earth mother worshipping cult. Um, <laughs> into the goatsy. <laughs> Come into the goatsy of agape. <laughs> um, well, it has been a pleasure to discuss this with you, Oozing Gloop. Oh my gosh, and a pleasure with you. I would just like to say that for the this is that Olympia has the most lovely, romantic, beautiful set of cream and pink roses next to the microphone that I've been looking at this entire time that we've been talking. Thank you. Because she's a nice and sophisticated lady. Yes, <laughs> I am. I do try. And I do that because I love you. Oh! oh. oh. We're, we're good friends. <laughs> no, I love you. supposed to say thanks. <laughs> I love you, Libby. Um, Thank and you. And so if you have enjoyed this, um, uh, this episode, please... Feel free to share it on your favorite anti-social media. And yep. uh, you can also email us at uh, slurryspeaks at gmail.com. And I forgot to say, we actually got a response. What? Um, uh, for, to our last episode, which was what? Kieran, one of our dedicated listen listeners, said that they, uh, they uh, assert, oh my God, I'm going to read it out. because Read it out, read it out. By the way, as well, like, lol, like the anti-social media, be like, hey, Olympia, did you know reality TV actually isn't about reality? I've never heard of that. I won't, <laughs> I won't believe that until I think I've invented that idea. So, um, so this is, a, this is a, an email from Kieran. Hi, just need to flag that Olympia is a fake Australian because the tone of phrase is to be ugly as a hat full of assholes. <laughs> Nothing else, especially no other body part, uses a hat as a unit of measurement. But the saying is what it is, and to confuse a hat with a bucket is straight up un-Australian. Unless you're Ned Kelly, I suppose. Oh my God. God bless Kieran. 
<laughs> what about if it's a bucket hat? Well, Ned Kelly actually kind of had a bit of a bucket hat. So oh, there we go. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. That is that is some brilliant fan mail. Thank you so much. That is some brilliant fan mail. That's some top notch fan mail. So yeah, actually, and so and I, I can't wait for you to tune into the next episode of Slurry, where it's going to be me and Kieran talking because you're fired, you fake fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would love that. Um, thank you, uh, dear listeners, for joining us. If you want to help prolong the life of slurry, then please uh, PayPal us at pe- uh, olympiabukakis at gmail.com. For an IV drip. Yeah, for an IV drip. And we will see you next month. Yeah, we'll do one remotely while I'm in Australia. I'm going to yeah. Australia. Bye. Bye. Bye.